You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Dustin Heiner. He is the founder of Master Passive Income, Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, and Successfully Unemployed. He's wearing the t-shirt right now, Startup Nation. It says successfully unemployed. I think he's kind of proud of this. Don't you want to be successfully unemployed? Maybe you're unemployed running your own business, but you're not successful yet. You're stressing out. You're like, why isn't it working? Dustin's going to teach you why. He's also going to teach you how to make it work, how to create workability when you don't have much. He's a real estate rental property investor who is able to make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was only 37 years old. Now with his podcast, YouTube channel, books, courses, and coaching, he now helps other people like you, Startup Nation, quit their job by investing in real estate rental properties to live the dream life. Now, one or two shows back, uh, you know, just uh, last week, the week before, I've had on some commercial real estate investors teaching you that uh, industry if you wanted to get into that as a newbie. Um, so we kind of have a little theme going here with some real estate investing. Listen, the market's shifting. It's crazy. I'm in Tampa, Florida. And I got to tell you, rental market, buying market, doesn't matter. It's insane. The one thing I see across the board is greed. Greed, 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 greed. These rates are four times what these homes are valued at, whether it's rental or buying. It's insane. My family and I are about to uh, get into the buying market right now in the next two months, and I am not looking forward to it. So maybe I'm going to learn and take notes from Dustin here where I can make a good purchase. So Dustin, uh, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcasts in entrepreneurship. Take a minute and sh just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah. Hey, Joseph. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm super, super blessed to be able to be on the show, and um, I really enjoy being able to really not work a job. That's why I like the term successfully unemployed because I found a way to make money and provide for my family without working that dead end J-O-B. I call it a, a just overbroke job. But yeah, so I appreciate it. So at, I'll quickly go to the end and like you just said it and I'll go back to the beginning of like what, like filling in all the gaps of what I do. Um, at 37 years old, I was able to quit my job. 
And the reason why I was able to do that was because I invest in real estate. I buy basically rental properties, long-term buy and hold properties. And what I do is I, back in 2006, I started investing in 2006 um, and started buying properties. And then eventually I had enough properties. I was blessed to be able to quit my job. So fast forward now, I just, you know, don't work. I get to get on podcasts and talk to great people like you, go to the gym and, you know, hang out with the wife and all that good stuff. You know, I think you just made one or two people jealous in my audience. But they don't have to be jealous, right? They're capable of doing this exact same approach that you've done. You're going to give them the steps. Then it's up to them to take the action or not, right? That's what it comes down to. All right, so take a minute before we get into your story. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Hmm. Well, let's see. Well, I do like, I'll give you two things. One that not many people know because I don't really share that much. I like doing Olympic lifting. That's where, you know, if you go watch the Olympics and they're lifting all heavy weights, it's the snatch and clean and jerk. Started from doing CrossFit and doing exercise in CrossFit. I did that for, you know, four or five years. Then I just really liked sticking with the Olympic lifting. So I don't tell people, but I go to the gym all the time, like literally five days a week and uh, lift weights. But the other thing, the reason why, and this is something that definitely I want everybody to know about me uh, and in my business, the reason why everybody already knows this is because in my normal conversation, on my podcast, if I'm on other people's podcasts, if I'm talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, I literally talk about and say things like, well, praise the Lord, God's blessed me in doing this. Or, yeah, at my church, I was doing X, Y, and Z. And even bringing in scripture as I'm talking, because that's literally how I talk, because that's who I am. I've been a Christ follower for, oh, goodness, 25, 30 years. No, 30 years now. Yeah, 30 years now. And just being blessed that I'm going to be in, in heaven with, with the, the Lord. And so with that, I present that everywhere I go. So in my business, that's something that I also do. So one thing that it, not many people know, and one thing that hopefully a lot of people know. Really cool stuff, right? So we got a lot of Christians who listen to the show, a lot of believers. We got some people listening that they're just at a different place in their spiritual journey, right? They're maybe agnostic or atheist. I was there. You know, I was there years ago, and uh, it's just a marker in the spiritual journey. It's just not a place to stay, right? You want to constantly pursue truth wherever it leads you, right? And hopefully you don't dig in your heels and resist it too much. So that's awesome that you really identify as a believer um, and and Christian and being saved. And But why do you feel the need to bring that into your business? Just curious, because that could be like... You know, for some listeners to be like, hey, just keep it separate, okay? I want to do business with you. I don't want to be preached at. What it, why do you do that? So if somebody, that, I mean, that's their preference. They want to just not be preached at. Well, what about my preference? Does my preference matter? Like, that's just how I talk. And so the great thing about how my, I structure my life is I invest in real estate. That's where I make my money. That's like every bit... Well, let me, I'll say this. So I love passive income. That's why I started Master Passive Income. And I feel that real estate is literally mastering passive income because I buy one rental property one time and it makes me money over and over again. And then with that, I don't work and it's generational wealth. I'm literally going to give these properties to my kids. So from there, I don't have to do anything else. Like it's literally just everything else is fun. And so from that point forward, you know, if somebody wants to get coaching from me and they're like, well, just, you know, leave, leave uh, the religion stuff out of it. I'm like, I'm not going to shove it down your throat, but that's literally how I talk. The great thing about podcasts is if they hate my voice or they hate how I talk or what I say, 
they can turn it off and leave, which is totally fine. I'm not wasting their time. But for me, as I do it, it's just I can't stop. And this is just how I do it. In fact, the only thing that I find myself being is much obviously being a Christ follower. But literally, I feel like like I'm an evangelist. Like that's the only thing I could do. I can't help but say these things. Well, listen, Dustin, I got it twice as bad as you, man. I'm like double offensive, right? Because not only am I a, be a believer, but I also have a New York accent. Like, <laughs> I'm just offending half the world right out the gate. Love it. All right, brother. So, like, on your website, you write, Hi, I'm Dustin Heine. I'm a husband, a father of four beautiful children, my wife, who I, su I support all of them with passive income from businesses and rental properties. Let's quit our jobs together. Like, what a call to action. Let's quit our job, Startup Nation. And listen, even if you're running a business, but it's actually running you, you're still in a job, aren't you? And this is what we're talking about. It's like, you got to create that freedom. And not only did Dustin create freedom for his family, but he's also, he's investing in his legacy. Like, like what he's going to leave them behind as well, as far as material goods, right? There's also the spiritual stuff, but what he's leaving them behind. How cool is that? I mean, how many of you right now listening are like, are you kidding me? I would love to leave my children and my children's children like property and wealth, uh, you know, not up to the point where it spoils them and they don't work hard, but where I can contribute to multiple generations and maybe break the generational poverty that's plagued my family you know, for so long, like, that's amazing. That's really cool. So a really great, deeper why. Dustin, let's get into the the, the money part, the meat and potatoes here, okay? So uh, let's see here. Like, start us out. How'd you make the, the jump from that job and the fear of making that jump, right? Secure paycheck into unsecure, unpredictable revenue. How'd you do it? Tell us that quick story, would you? Oh, man. Well... If you don't mind, it's going to be just a little bit longer than a quick story because I'm going to give you the, like the catalyst. This is what literally got me into realizing, oh my goodness, everything I've taught my entire life is just wrong. So here, remember. Uh, all right, Startup Nation, if he goes too long-winded and he gets boring, I'm going to cut him off. You know I'll interrupt him with my New York, okay? New York so accent. I got you. I got you, Startup Nation. I have a California Nation. accent, so it's definitely not nearly. It's more <laughs> It's more just fun. You're, yours so, is more passive-aggressive. Mine is aggressive-aggressive. <laughs> I love it. Go ahead. So, yeah, when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to quit my job because I had 30-plus properties. And each one were making me $250 or more in passive income. But I didn't start out that way. In fact, I started out... My family was you know, we we're relatively poor. Anyways, so I was taught just like we are all taught to this. This is the plan. This is the plan we do with our lives. We go to school. We get good grades. Then we get those good grades and we go to college, get good grades again and get in thousands and thousands of dollars into debt and take that piece of paper, that degree that they give you and try to find a job, a quote unquote career somewhere and then hopefully retire when you're 65 years old on what you managed to save your entire life. And I was doing that. So I got a job in, the, in California. I was working in California in the local county government there. And at that local county government, I was doing IT work, just technology work. But I've always been entrepreneurial in my life. I had a newspaper out. Most people don't know what newspapers are, but that's where you ride around your bike. You take newspapers, you throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on garage doors, waking people up. I had a graphic and website design company, skateboard manufacturing business. I even started up a pizzeria and a convenience store all from scratch. I literally did that. But at the same time, 
I was following that same career path that people told me to do. So I started working my job and I had a couple of businesses. They weren't doing that good, but I also bought one rental property. And with that one rental property, I realized, oh my goodness, like I bought this one property one time and it's making me money over and over again. This is amazing, like $250 or more. I think this first one was like $317 a month. I remember like specifically I was getting that. And then I knew I needed to become an investor. But as you know, we all happens for all of us, life got in the way. So my wife started having, you know, first and second and third child. But here's the quick story. This is the quick story. So we had our fourth child. I was working IT technology at my job at the technology or at the uh, local county government. And as I'm working there, we have our fourth child and I go on paternity leave. That's where the dad stays home, changes poopy diapers and bonds with the baby and all that good stuff. And then after about two weeks, I go back to work. And that same week that I go back to work on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And I hung up the phone and I paused for a second. I thought, oh my goodness, like they never call me to the office. Like this is weird. And I've seen plenty of movies. This is Friday at 3.30. Like I, this can't <laughs> be good. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there, I realized, and I remember, a couple months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors in the office, some rumblings going on that the department was running low on funds and there could be layoffs. So I immediately shook that off. I'm like, no, I'm following the plan. Everybody's taught me. I've been here 12 years. I have great seniority. My bosses think I do a great job. So I shook it off. He said, it's not going to happen. I get up and I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, Joseph, this hallway isn't very long. In fact, it's, it's kind of short, but every single step that I take feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks. And the reason why is because it starts to rain on me. Like, oh my goodness, I could literally lose my job. Well, I get down the, the hallway, I turn the corner and I see my boss's door. His door is closed and I look at his secretary and she's a sweet, nice old lady. And she's, she says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's grinning at me, trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I take my seat and I sit there and I start thinking about my life. All this time working this job, uh, going to career, like everything this path from school to career and venture retire, if I get laid off right now, was my entire life a waste? And then, oh my goodness, if I can't provide for my family, then what does that make me as a father? Does it make me a failure as a father? Does that make me a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy, my forehead gets all sweaty, and the door to my boss's office opens up. And out walks a lady, a coworker of mine, with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world's been devastated. She passes by me, and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come in the office? And so I get up, and I go into his office, and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. So if it happened to me, it can happen to everybody. So I took that layoff notice and I went back to my desk and I sat down and I realized two things right then and there sitting there, Joseph. And this is the reason why I tell the story. So the first one was I need to get another job. I need to find another job somewhere. And I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to find another job in the same county, a different department, the sheriff's department, great department, worked there doing IT. So I just transferred over there. That was great, check. But sitting in a chair, this is the second thing that I realized. I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to
to take away my ability to feed my family. So as I'm sitting there, I realized that what I would do was project my value on myself as being my job. Because we all get that question, hey, what do you do? I would normally just reply, oh, I work for IT, for the local county government. That's what I do. I realized I was projecting my value as being my job. My value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. And so right then and there, I realized my value is now I am an investor. Because remember, I had one property. I knew I needed more. I knew that's the right way to go, but life got in the way. So I realized that anytime anybody would ask me the question, I would say, my value is that I'm an investor. It may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. So I'll fast forward the story. Started working this new department, and praise the Lord, got property after property after property, 30-plus properties. I had literally 30-plus properties making me $250 or more in passive income. After that, I realized, even though I'm making $75,000 a year here, I am losing money working here. So I went to my new boss. I'll round up the story by saying, I went to my new boss, and I said, hey, boss, here's your two weeks notice. Like, I'm laying you off. And he goes, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I don't have to do anything. I own real estate. It works for me without me doing a thing. And then I provide for my family. So I'll round up the story by saying, if you remember that walk when I went down the hallway to my first boss's office, where the hallway got longer and longer and longer, my feet became lead bricks. Well, I walked away from my job for the very last time. I was working in downtown and it's a mile and a half walk because I don't want to pay for parking because I'm really frugal. I've taken this walk a thousand times. I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again, and nobody would be able to take away my ability to feed my family. So that's what got me to where I am today, 30-plus properties, and literally not working. So I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions in there. I may have one. Just one. All right. So Startup Nation, you're listening to Dustin's awesome story. He's creating imagery, right? The hallway, the lead brick feet, you know, just the, the anticipation of losing his income. What's he going to do next? And then the before and after, right? Headed towards freedom, like financial freedom where he's never, he never has to put his control in someone else, right? As far as where he makes his money for his family and and I suspect, I could be wrong, but I suspect you're like, Dustin, that's what I want. But I'm trying so hard. And I made the jump, but it, it's not working. I'm not making 75000 I'm not even making, you know, 50000 Like I'm doing like 40 and barely getting by, 30 and barely getting by. Nobody told me it was going to be this hard when I made the leap. What do I do? Like, what are your top three tips and strategies, tactical, practical, for that listener right now in their business, whether it's real estate investing or not? Like, what do you got for them? Absolutely. So I'll give you a number of things. Now, if you want to go the route of real estate investing, which is what I absolutely love, that's where I make my bread and butter. So I'll give you two things. Or actually, I'll give you three things. So the first one is passive income. That's by far, like, this is what I realized, that we are all taught basically to be employees. We're all taught to trade an hour for a dollar. It could be multiple dollars, you know, you have $50 an hour or whatever it might be. It's trading an hour for money. 
I realized after buying one rental property, making passive income was dramatically more amazing. I work one time and I get paid over and over again. And on top of that, if you could see the video in the back of background is my four kids. I'm literally not just going to um, teach them, which I am going to teach them how to do this, give them every single step of the way, but I'm literally going to give them these properties and they can give them to their prop, their, their kids, their properties to their kids. And so what I'm doing is creating generational wealth. And so what I love about passive income, there's a couple of things in passive income. I'll get to the other two things, major things. The first one is having a river of passive income. We all talk about income streams. I love income streams. I, I have lots of income streams. In fact, just the other day, I was talking to my wife and I said, hey, honey, we got like, like every single day, we have a, a, a credit hit our bank account over and over and over and over again. And she said, well, what is it? We're like, well, well, this one's from his affiliate. This one from like book sales. This one was from the rental property. This, it's just so many different things. So income streams are great, but here's what happens for me. Any bit of money that I make goes back into my river of income. That's my real estate investing. And that's my generational wealth that I'm creating. So what I do is I create passive income businesses. All the businesses that I create, like if you're struggling at $40,000, $50,000 a year and you're working your tail off, you basically own a job. Now, you might have employees, but think about how you can pull yourself out of that job. In fact, I created another business. And well, what's great is when you don't work 40 plus hours for somebody else, you have 40 plus hours of your week that you can devote to your family, to your life, and then I build businesses. That's what I do. I love building businesses. And now I even created a new business called the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. It's once a year we meet here in Phoenix, and it's actually going to be in Florida, down by your neck of the words, Joseph, in 2024. But we bring all these real estate investors together, and we just help each other out. That's just the fun. But it's a high-intensive work environment. Not a work environment. Like uh, The event is a lot of work. But I don't do any of the work. I hire other people, so it's passive for me because I make sure that they're doing the business. So what I do in all my businesses is I switch from being the sole proprietor, the person doing all the work, to now I'm trying to make it passive, where I have other people doing the work, and then I have other people managing, and I just have a broad, big overview. So that's the first one is passive income. Second thing is, if in your business what you're doing is you own a job, that's really, really rough. What we need to do is build the business. And here's what I tell you. If you're investing in real estate, what I tell everybody is we don't just, well, quickly say gurus out there, and you may ever like they've been around for, you know, a hundred years. The gurus tell you how to invest in real estate. In fact, I first got started by listening to somebody. It was a late night infomercial. They said like at 1 a.m., hey, we're coming to your town. We're gonna give you a free seminar. Come to the seminar. We'll teach you how to invest in real estate. I did that. And I went there. It was all hype. And in the end, they said, after about an hour, now run to the back and go give us thousands of dollars on your credit card. And we're going to take the first thousand people. It's normally a million dollars, but we're going to discount it to a thousand dollars or whatever, you know, just I'm kind of being exaggerating. So I did that. And then I went to their two day seminar. I'll fast forward the story. That two day seminar was literally another sales pitch for a $40,000 course for flipping a $50,000 course for rental properties. It was horrific. So what I decided to do was like, if I had that money, I wouldn't give it to you. Like, I'll figure it out. So praise the Lord, fast forward. Now, what I do now is I realized that, well, let me pause that. I'll get to that realization in just a second. I did what those gurus were telling me. I didn't take their course, like that full $40,000, $50,000 course. I took what they told me in that two-week course, and I bought my first rental property. And so I found a realtor and a property manager, and I put them together. I bought my first property, and it was bad. This is the reason why it was so bad. 
my property manager started stealing from me in six months. It was horrible. I, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to stop. I, I, this is bad. But then I realized I'm not the first one that, to ever try real estate investing. People have done it in the past. Maybe I just didn't do it right. So this is what my realization was. When my property manager started stealing from me, I realized because I have a business background. Remember, I've always been entrepreneurial. I thought, you know what? Let me approach this instead of being like a quote unquote investor mindset, like, oh, I'm just buying an investment. Why don't I approach it as a business mindset? So this is what I did. I realized I needed to build the business first. The gurus will tell you that property is your business. No, 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 that's not the way it works. You build the business and then you buy properties. I'll give you a quick example of what it looks like. This would be good for any type of business. So if you're going to start a convenience store, you're going to, not, actually, you're not going to do this. You're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors, and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. Now, you do, wouldn't do that. You'd go out of business in two seconds. What you would do, though, is you would get the gondolas, the, the, the shelving units. you get the countertops, the cold storage, bank accounts, insurance, employees, all these sort of things in the business to build the business first, and then you buy inventory and put that inventory in your business, and you make sure that business can run itself. Same thing with real estate investing. You build the entire business and then make sure that it runs itself, and then you buy inventory. Every property that I buy, 30-plus properties now, is a piece of inventory that I put into the business. Now the business runs itself because I have the people running the business. Same thing if you're going to start that convenience store analogy. If you're going to start one of those. You're not going to grab somebody off the street. This is what I did wrong with my investing. Grab somebody off the street and say, hey, you got a pulse. You know, you got, you, you, I let, let me have you go ahead and manage my business, manage my inventory, manage my money, manage my, let me have you just run my entire business. That's what I essentially did. And this, I was following what everybody else said. Now, this is what we need to do. We build the business first. We get the infrastructure of everything in the business. I'll quickly go up for real estate investing. Number one, property managers. Most people go to realtors. In fact, my students, they always say, hey, I got five, stu or five realtors looking for me. I'm like, stop. Do you have a property manager to manage the property? No, no. Well, then don't look at properties. We need to make sure we can manage the property with the right person. So property managers, contractors, insurance agents, mortgage brokers, um, wholesalers, uh, realtors, all these other people in the business before we buy any properties. Then once we do that, we put that into the business. So that's the next one. So passive income, then building the business. And then the last one for me is perseverance. Perseverance coupled with knowing that other people have done it before. This is why the perseverance kicked in for me. When I bought my first property, it was a, a wreck. My wife was like, I can't believe you did this to us. Like, we're all, we don't have any money and you did. It was bad. But I knew it has happened in the past. Like, people have done it. There's a successful way to do it. So for everything from listening to podcasts to um, getting books. And this was back in 2006, before the crash. And praise the Lord, I still own those properties. They're double and triple how much I make in a month because over time, rents go up. But what I did was I persevered through it. But then I educated myself. I started listening to as many podcasts where there weren't that many podcasts, but I got a bunch of books. Now there are lots of podcasts out there. And so the perseverance and education together, I had to figure out how to do it right. Once I did it right, and or once, I, once I knew how to do it right, then I just implemented that over and over again. So we got uh, passive income, building the business, and perseverance coupled with education, how to do it right. All right, Startup Nation, that was a lot. But if you break it down into three simple steps, I would advise this. Don't do all three right out the gate. Pick one of those three. That's the area you really need to focus on right now. Maybe you've neglected or maybe you didn't even think of 
about doing it, right? It was a blind spot. You didn't even know what you didn't know. I'm going to use myself as an example. So months ago, Dustin, uh, God brought to me an opportunity to buy a radio station here in uh, Tampa, Florida, like a terrestrial radio station, right? Antenna, like car radio, all that. It's a talk, Christian talk radio station. And I had no interest. And uh, I'm like, I know nothing about terrestrial radio or running a station. I know podcasting, right? But God put it on me and he just kept coming at me. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. And then I had to invest in it, right? And cut a large check. So we had the closing at my bank yesterday at 10 a.m. And I became the owner of a radio station here in Tampa, Florida yesterday, as well as the general manager, et cetera, et cetera. I know nothing about what I just got into, and I wrote a very substantial check for that. What I just took away from you is number two, really building the business first and then uh, making the inventory the inventory but not making the inventory the business. So I'm going to look at it this way and, and correct me if I got this wrong or, you know, correctly. So rather than me make this radio station, the business, what if I set up a business that buys radio stations and this radio station is just one product that I'm going to carry and I'm going to set it up to create a passive income stream, right? It comes with a 501c3, right? So it's a nonprofit, etc. And I set it up that way. We build that thing so it's successful, it's passive, it's running itself. And then we look for another station to buy and we go buy another one. Kind of similar to like your rental properties. Am I getting that right? The higher, larger picture of that rather than saying, okay, this one specific station is the business itself. I absolutely love that business model. And here's the reason why. When I was going to quit my job, when I was, I realized that's my goal. What I wanted to do was not work for somebody else because I had to provide for my family. I realized that if I bought one rental property that made me $250 or more. Remember, proving the business model. This is where I'm getting to. I knew that if I bought one house, one property that made me $250 or more in passive income. So I calculated all my expenses, proving out the business model, calculated all my expenses. Then I got how much my expenses were. And then I made sure that I could rent it for more, that I could make a profit of $250 or more from that property. Then I did 